Hi everyone, and welcome back to Side of Slide episode number 60. And Griff just walked in. Hey, Boba. Uh, Liv in. is here with us today. She is. And uh, we are doing episode number 60. Again, Not- because Cole messed up. I did mess up. We recorded one last week, and I accidentally let it die because my computer had an update. So now we're redoing it. Not to flex, but we'll it, was it, a, it was a really nice podcast, and we had a lot of good topics, and I'm very petty about the fact that it's missing. But it's going to be infinitely better because I'm here. Infinitely I couldn't agree better. more, Liv. It's Thank like you. it's what God wanted. Yeah, I actually am more excited that Griffin's here, but, you know, that's just me. Well, I feel loved. <sighs> anyway, um, so yeah. Easter recap? Of, uh, Easter's. Easter's. Easter recap, if you honest, will. Easter food, basically not even worth it. Not to say um, that the person who cooked our Easter dinner didn't do a great job, because they did, but just the Easter food in general, it's just easily the bottom rung of the holiday well, foods. you know what the issue is? Y'all didn't have gravy. That's true. We didn't have we gravy. We do a ham gravy. Live out of all the things I thought you were going to say, that wasn't it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had ham gravy before. Oh, it's delicious, because it's like kind of like pineapple and sweet. It's a good pineapple mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I don't like pineapple. But no, I don't either. We know this. But like my mom makes it off of the drippings from the ham and then you just put drippings. some flour That's and water nice mixture. That's how you make gravy. Unpopular opinion. Never when there's gravy <coughs> at a holiday do I even really think about it. Do I even really use it? Oh no, I put the gravy on everything. I like, like my food dry. The it's the lubricant of, the of food. I don't know what it is. It's just to me it's not special enough. Gravy is the 5W30 motor oil that you put in your car it's to make it not even 5W30? It's a type of motor oil. Anyway, okay. moving on. WD40? You wouldn't know that thought. because you don't get oil changes, nor do you. Hey, I have. I checked today. I have 5,000 miles left, so shut up. How up. is it possible <laughs> that you have 5,000? Honey, <laughs> honey. I just got mine done at the Walmart. If you just got an oil change with full synthetic oil, Four minutes ago, you would have 5,000 miles left okay. on it. It says my next one is due at 77,000 miles, and I'm at 72-something right now. You got an oil change <laughs> four months ago. There's no way. I don't go places. Oh we should just gosh. check your oil, because sometimes that's not reliable. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> we'll check it for you, I Liv. just, listen, I rue the day. I rue the day. When you and I are going to share vehicles and we're going to have payments on them and you're not getting the oil change and the engine just seizes up and dies. Hey, my car has made it longer than most other people's Your car is how many years old? Uh, Seven. Seven years old, has what, 70,000 miles on it and has had major mechanical blow-ups several times. But it's still alive. That's all that matters. It runs. Also, oil changes are your job as a man. We believe in sexism here. We do. You can All do that. you have to do, do is pull up to any place that changes oil and you say, I need an oil change. And they pull, figure it out and just charge you money. You don't understand. When we pull up to get an oil change, one, they treat us like an idiot. They, they try do. to upcharge us. And you have to deal with weird, pervy mechanics. It's not an enjoyable experience. You have to leave. You have to smell like tires. You have to sit in a weird waiting room on a leather chair that's never been sanitized. The waiting rooms are the worst because you're stared at the... It always goes like this. You open the door, especially in my hometown. It's always like some like old, real creepy dude who'd like lean across the counter and be like... Hey, darling, how you doing? Darling. And, and then they're like, also, you need all of your tires replaced. What to do to do for you today? That's what they would always say. And then yeah. it would always be a whole, well, you need an oil change, but also here's 17 other problems. Your bill's $37,000. Yep. And I had to be like, uh, just just the oil change to be like, your car's not going to make it five feet down the highway. I'm like, good. <laughs> You're like, fine. All well, the Perfect. Andy Griffin show plays on a weird TV in that the That is corner. fair. It's always the an- antenna TV. Okay, here's the thing. Go to a place where you just pull up and you are in your car while they change your oil. That's the, the first line. See, we didn't have those in my hometown. Okay, you had well, to go somewhere. Welcome to Michigan. They got them. So you go to like a fast Eddie's or something like that where you just pull That's in. That's still hate money. And you go is- to the Walmart and you get the twenty nine ninety five oil change. But then that takes 45 minutes. It is faster, but then it's so much more personal because what do you do while they're doing your oil? I feel so, so I feel like I'm in a fish tank. I and walk around Walmart and, and I, and well, I look at thing. things. If you do go to a superstore of, ki- yeah, yeah, then you just, just walk around and you No, no, I'm talking the ones stuff. that you pull up to. The last time I felt so everything. stared at because I kept my window open. It's a very woman thing to be like, yell if you need anything. They don't need anything. But like, I felt so just observed that whole time. I understand that I'm sure that the mechanic men try to upsell and they try to be weird and stuff like that, which fair enough. But 
you gotta suck it up and power through the weirdness to make sure your car doesn't die. Or cool. it's like imagine you going into a Victoria's Secret mm. and being like, "Can I find underwear here?" That is what it is like. What's your girlfriend's never... bra size? Done now. That's how I feel when they're like, "Oh, what oil do you want?" No clue. What do I need? You tell me. You have to, you have to go in and get like a bra. Size. But here's the thing: for oil, they can look up what kind of oil. But then you, you need. look dumb because they always ask. I'm like, whatever is cheapest and yeah, works. Yeah, and they're I guess. like. Oh. Up, 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 up. oh yeah then so they do the whole like oh she doesn't know anything do you guys anything. go you to like the, the same places right what do you mean do you go to like the same place consistently to get your oil changed no yeah they, and they have it on my and account they have it on file they have it on my account okay and look i i love my people at the walmart the st john's walmart i love them okay they know me but they always do the thing where they're like do you want the cheapest oil or whatever and i'm like yeah and they're like all right they always do the whole so like what, you're you feel dumb weird and wrong. because you've said you want the cheap oil no, it's just like, it's I don't the know. vibe. It's the vibe, and I don't know what it is, but I would rather, I don't even know what I would rather do. Like, drive to Canada and back, than get an oil change. Well, we're in Michigan, so it's not really that okay. far. Well, but the real yeah. question I hate is, driving. is, if you want me to get my oil change so often, why don't you take my car and do it for me? That's what is I'm saying. Like, done? that's rude of you. Like, I why mean, are you doing that? I guess I could, but that would I assume that you're an adult, kindness. and you could just drive no, to the oil the change spot. It's like... A woman loves getting flowers, but if you one day were like, hey, can I borrow your car for a few minutes? And then you came back like with flowers, like, oh, I got an oil change, got an your car washed, put some gas in the tank. I'd be like, you can like okay. marry me right so now. So I'm going to spend $70 to get your oil yes. change. I'm yeah. also going to wash your car and I'm going to spend $1,000 on a tank of gas. Men buy yes. their women like $10,000 necklaces. Okay. You're lucky. What men are you talking to that do that? Sugar first daddies. Of all, Sugar daddies. I, I'm not that. I don't she know if we're one. on the same page here. I mean, if this podcast blows up, I can do that. Is but your it love ain't language doing it right now. acts of service? No, not even a little bit. Listen, really? What you guys is love language? Listen. Li- can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. No, 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 Wait, I want to guess. List them for me. Give me the whole list. Okay, so there's acts of Wait, service. Wait, you're going to guess? No, he wants the whole list. So there's acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, physical touch, gifts, quality time. Gifts and quality time. Yes. Okay. All of them. That's hers. That is all a thing. Them. But you know what? If okay. I, I dispute I think, it, I think that it's words and probably physical touch. If I, I had to guess, I agree completely with that. And I also think that, in theory, is like yeah, everyone has their favorites, but everyone should want all of those things because who oh. doesn't want quality time? Exactly. Who it's a combination of all of, of them. But I, I could also see you being a quality time gal. Oh, I am for sure. Like, I like little bits, but if I had to, like, pick one, it's probably for sure words of affirmation. Cole knows that. I got to clarify that he likes me, like, 30 times a day. I forget. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Every 45 minutes, she looks over me and goes, are you sure that you love me? One of these days, you just need to be like, Oh, I say no all the time. And she goes, you hate me. And then she looks the other way. What's your love language, Cole? I don't think I have one. Cole doesn't like me. That's the thing is Cole doesn't have one. What makes you feel cared about? Listen. I don't know. I feel like I have enough love surrounding me that, like, if I lost it from one source, I wouldn't be depleted. No, but it's not depleted. Like, what makes you happy? Like, what makes you tingle inside? Like, oh, that was so great. I feel so cherished and love. Like, what's your favorite thing? Or, like, if you didn't have it, you'd be like, oh, I'm missing something here. Like, does it make you feel like most love when, when Liv makes you a meal? When she says something kind to you? When we're just hanging out alone together? I don't know. I think that is she, she does a I very good job of doing all of those things. So I think that I would almost Best need to girlfriend. do like the um, elimination diet of those things to figure out which one I prefer the most or which one leaves like the biggest gap. So what you're, what I'm hearing is that you're not appreciative of anything. Exactly. That's how I feel. <laughs> this is couples counseling now. <laughs> Guys, I literally want to go into couples counseling. So this is perfect. I think it'd be great. Like, I guess I'm just comfortable. Like, I just, I know that she loves me and I love her. Yeah. You, and life is good. That? Yes. <laughs> Like, I'm not, I don't wake up every morning and go, oh, God, does she still love me? Like, that's not where my head's at. It's I'm a woman it. thing. It shouldn't be, but I do think that there should be things where, like, wow, I love and appreciate this so much. Like, I know you appreciate me, like but there's never. I like when you scratch my back. <laughs> it's a specific. Everybody ever loves when they get their back scratched. Like, how mom, like, her love language is acts of service. Like, if you wanted to make mom feel loved, you do the dishes. You know what I mean? Fair. She's also the anti-physical touch person. She never wants well, anyone to touch Well, but there's a lot her. more than just that. Well, thing is, like, everyone's got their own thing. And, like, again, like, you're just a very broad, like, I could do anything to you, good or bad, and you'd be very, like, yeah, right. It's not that I would be, like, indifferent to it or unhappy with it. I would be, I think I'd be equally happy about all the things. If you said something kind to me, if you did something for me, if you gave me a hug or a kiss, like, all those things would make me happy. I don't think one of them is like a huge like top thrill dragster and the other one is the teacup. I, I do think that it's a combination, but I'll tell you what, gifts make me uncomfortable. I've never been that person. 
I like small gifts, like expensive gifts. gifts. I love a surprise. I like surprises. Oh, see, I love a surprise. (laughs) So, like, me cut off guard. I don't know. Go back and forth on the price thing. Like, if it's like, I don't hate on expensive gifts when it's like a birthday or a holiday. Because I I do. I invest too much money into gifts. So, I feel like there's almost like the whole, like, if you just got me like a card, I would be loved and happy. Be like, oh, I just put so much effort. Like, did I do too much? And I overthink myself. Yeah, I know what you mean. Gifts are hard. But small gifts, like, if you're going to surprise me with flowers, love that because I know they're $6 at Kroger. For sure. I, I know what you're saying. Like, there's a difference between, like, I just bought you an iPad and, like, I was at the gas station and I got you a drink or, like, here's yeah. some flowers. Like, there, you know, there's there's a difference there. Yeah. yeah. I agree. But, but I get what you mean by uncomfortable receiving gifts because, like... Yeah. it Because I'm in a very, like, a you got to make an equal headspace of For being, sure. like, oh, you spent this money. I got to double that. But, like... Equal headspace. Equal <laughs> headspace. A hundred percent love okay, languages were something awesome that gifts. women came up with because they wanted men to not treat them like crap. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a man did not come up with that concept. She no, had to make categories and be like, these are all the ways to love a woman. Pick at least some of them. I cannot, I don't know I've talked about this before on this podcast, but the fact that in psychology, all of what I am learning and everything is, is based off of real. literally old pervy men. Freud. Yeah. Like Freud. It's ridiculous. And almost all of it's theoretical, and a lot of it's been refuted, and, and they're like, and that's actually 100%. not the case. We're like, no, actually, there is a phase in childhood where children become sexually attracted to the opposite sex parent and hate the same sex parent, and that's a period of time called blah, 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 blah. And I, like, I write papers on these things, and I'm like, that mean that's like... And there's no new research. It's all from, like, the 1940s. It and they're just is. rolling with it. They and they're still talking the about that baby Elbert and the rabbit. I'm oh like, has there been gosh. no recent psychological... Or the freaking the dogs. dogs. The conditioning. The, oh, don't the even get me started dogs. on the bell. Oh my dogs. gosh, they love that bell. Like, and I get that it's like, it was a big kickstart, but I want to hear, because like society changes and so does the way our or, brains think. I want the what? new psychology. The Stanford prison experiment. The Stanford oh, prison experiment. What's ex- the other one? Which was so fake and refuted because everyone acted like, they knew that it was all like a show. Like everyone that's, said That's it was the fake. one with like the, the zapping. No, no, no. No, it's no, different no. was they locked them in the basement of Stanford and made them like, made... People who Did willingly you say Stanford? signed Stanford. You said Stanford. The okay. Oh. And they locked him in the prison, and people agreed to be prisoners or like prison guards, and it was like a psychological thing where it they was said it took them house. Like they didn't really give them other, any direction other than you guys are the guards, these guys are the prisoners. But then it came back saying that oh. there was direction given, and the guards were told to be meaner or had oh, this demeanor, okay. well, and like yeah. Yeah. there's a lot so of refuting. For sure. That. That's what's so hard is like there's so many elements and bias and whatever. But the one I'm talking about is the one where they like had like a, a teacher and a student, mm-hmm. and the teacher would like have to keep like electrocuting them. They'd be like, if you hit this button, they're going to die. Yeah, for sure. And they were like, and just yeah. pressed it and that was about a authority well it was uh so the if i remember the experiment correctly so the person who was there was one person on one side and you couldn't see the person no, you oh could. i know this experiment and okay. it was like a, like there was like someone with like a lab coat on that was uh-huh. like press a button press the button do it again you had like yeah for sure and then thing. but it was like on the other side you could hear that like gradually you were hurting that person more and more but it yeah. was just a, and they're like let me out of here i'm gonna die and you're yeah, like and then, all right and we'll get them like, again press it again and then it was like to see like how far someone would go like, yeah. under authority um Which also but, yeah. where were ethics legit i just want to know that legit but also, I will say, I think ethics is kind of a shame for human psychology, because I think the only way you learn is to push people past probably ethical boundaries. Yeah. But obviously, uh, that's the beauty of it, I think live. it is still the whole, like, you got to be willingly signed up. And I guess, like, I don't know, there'd be a lot of waivers of being, like, in the event that there was something, like, painful or gross or whatever the heck weird yeah. thing, like, are you cool with it? And you can't sue us. Red exactly. Flag. Well, what I find weird is that, I mean, obviously, there's, like, those iconic... <laughs> iconic experience with like they're like trying to scar like a baby like fearing a rabbit or something like that but it's like why wouldn't they focus and teach more about like the effects of the holocaust on survivors or you know like, like things, things that actually things were traumatic that and actually happened, happened and like why and would you not forced. focus on that as opposed to like some weird experiment that harvard did in like 1944 you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make sense to me now, in the whole ethical thing of, like, trying to really test, like, the outer limits of what people are like, that obviously is... It's very hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do. It would be interesting to know, like, to run those experiments, but yeah. it is, you know, you can't... It's not. 
good. It's not plausible yeah. in this day because no one's going to really sign up for that because you have to sign up for it and like agree and then not sue. Yeah. And it's but you could just ask the people that run CIA black sites that like torture people for True. months on end. Do you, you guys ever think about how that Kennedy daughter had one of the first lobotomies ever and they completely destroyed her frontal lobe and then the father was like throw her in a, in a cell. I just don't really care. And then yep. she died there. The Kennedys were a wild messed up family. The Kennedys and the Hoptons. They yep. just wanted to be perfect, and they had yep. some weird freaking kids. They did. They had weird a lot of money kids. on the East Coast, and they lived it up. They were literally living the Gatsby life. Oh, yes, they, they, were, they were the Kennedy family. They didn't care about the like presidential part. It didn't really matter. It was just who they were as a unit. I know, and I think that I would enjoy that life so much. Oh, if I you had unlimited money to be who I wanted shoes. to be. Yes, with like nautical stripes and like little like sailor shoes being like, yeah, I like a the horizon is gorgeous today. <laughs> My wine matches the sunset. Oh, I want that. I know, yeah. you're like, sure, we have Chardonnay tonight? Or... Yeah. Not pop bottle bubbly. Yeah. I would well, love that. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact for you, with the Kennedys. <laughs> There's Blart. so many fun facts fun about fact. the Kennedys. So, um, Jack Kennedy's older brother, I believe his name was Joe, that was the son that the father was like, this guy's going to be president. But then I think he so that's died. That's the guy. I believe he died in the war or something. Like okay. something happened. Um, and then it was essentially like, all right, well, this guy's the new president. We're going to usher him up. in. Yeah. Um, but there's also, there. I feel like I, I read somewhere, or I saw a video or something, where it was pretty well known that all of the men in that family were just like, had the past to do whatever they wanted as far as it came to women. Yeah. And obviously there's the stuff with like Bobby and Jack and Marilyn Monroe and all that type of stuff. But even their father, like I read something somewhere where they were all having like a lunch at the the estate in the Hamptons, right? Yeah. And obviously their father is married to their mother and they all have their formal wives and fitting the mold and stuff. Yeah. And apparently the father, Patriarch Kennedy, just Probably. had like a young thing and they would be like eating lunch and they'd be like all right let's go upstairs for a second and they would like do their thing and everybody oh would gosh. hear it and then they would just like come back i've heard that where it was so like obnoxiously awful. loud and the family had to pretend like they couldn't hear things but yeah. obviously like they so awful i read something the other day that said that i think it was during jfk's president jackie had a stillborn birth mm. and jfk was like away and they called him and were like hey this is happening and he basically was just like well there's no point in me coming home there's nothing i can do <laughs> which valid point but also health of the mother to be like i know yeah. she had a stillborn baby you're probably going through it right now but i'm just gonna stay out so, until you calm down i don't know it's crazy to me i mean maybe this is a wrong observation but would it make sense to say that the kennedys were like the first family that were like bred to go into like like um like politics almost like the public eye like, for sure like they were in the public mm. eye and they had the money so it made sense that they kind of would just naturally get into that i think in the united states for sure like no family like an entire family i mean like they were they were the first kardashians exactly and it's like before that how did people mm, was, was it just like the local governors of the the town well, the roosevelt's like, was teddy and then well, fdr yeah. was his cousin for sure and so he kind of married like to his cousin yeah what but yeah, oh, yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt was FDR's cousin. Or, like, second cousin or something like that. Interesting. That, okay. But, um, I mean, there were definitely, like, elite American families. There was the Carnegies and the Rockefellers. Okay, well, yeah, Why weren't they the like president? The I want a Rockefeller to be president. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't really know if they had political aspirations for their children, but that's at least the first one that I can think of where there was a, a family that, you know, the Jacksons wanted to make Jackson 5 and the Kennedys wanted to make presidents, I guess. Yeah, but, that's the truth. I know. But you know what? They looked great in those little tennis outfits just running around the really estate. Did. And I will say, I think I would love to see the psychological studies on that of, like, forcing your kids into, like, spotlights, whether it be, like, childhood fame or, like, politics. It works out for most people. <laughs> but Seriously. also that's why so many, like, I guess movie stars, especially who are, like, teen stars yeah. or childhood stars go crazy on the drugs because it's not naturally to be yeah, uh, not naturally to be that idolized i mean the britney spears the amanda Bynes. like oh, i think it, there is such a breaking point where everyone's like well you have everything in the world and endless adoring fans and this was like before social media had that crazy effect yeah. of like amanda Bynes and britney spears were going insane and everyone's like what the heck happened i want the psychological analysis of that exactly well it's like it's kind of mm-hmm 
I mean, it could almost be argued that, like, putting a child in that position, like, you know, like, they talk about, like, the whole, like, Disney Channel, like, fall down, is almost some form of, like, psychological abuse. And then it's, like, when it's, like, the monster you created blows up, it's everyone's, like, oh, shame on you, look what you did. But it's, like, but also, like, it's the parents. You know what I mean? Like, putting them in that position. Yeah. Of being, like, it's, the kids probably didn't, like, they wanted to maybe a little bit. They said, I want to be a movie Mm -hmm. star, but then they probably don't want to be up at 4 a.m. every day, and they don't get to see other normal kids at school and get normal socialization and they get told what to do and how to dress and how to act every second absolutely it's like you can't consent and i feel like that's um i think we've talked about this a little bit but like there's even you know like kids on youtube now like family you know like oh that's like that it's creepy because it's like yeah sure your kids are young and they're like oh yeah i want to be on youtube and stuff like that but then what happens when they're adult and they're like i was not old enough to consent to that you know what i mean and it's like these huge like youtube channels and things like that that are pulling in like freaking thousands of dollars there's no guarantee that any of that is being put aside for them for any part of their life you know it's just these parents raking in money off their children and it's all about them like doing weird things but like oh yeah. i said this to my child reaction video absolutely like, it's, it's like they're doing their own little cycle seriously experience. and it, i know like specifically the um the ace family like me that out. kind of stuff mm-hmm. and like the kids that i babysit for there is an obsession and like i've read it that like the highest viewed videos on youtube are like these toy unboxing videos and things that kids like to watch mm. and it's like huh. parents who just give toys to their children and have them like open it up and play with them and they get millions upon millions of views and they're I've everywhere. Never heard of. Yep, and I don't know about thing. children on YouTube. Yeah, well, well yeah. kids YouTube is a very big thing. It is because you think about it. Um, like I think that they have a whole curated kids YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Type thing, and there's a lot of parents that are the tablet parents, and they kind of give their kids. Absolutely. And so if you can create content directly mm-hmm. designed to catch the eye of like a five year old. For sure. And it's some you know cool looking toy, or it's you know everybody knows that there's a science behind going viral and making the thumbnail look just right and making it and and so kids click on that like yeah it's just these endless videos that go into a loop all i'm saying is i'm not doing that to my kids and i get that avoiding being an ipad parents easier said than done but like i I think endless access to internet and screen time is going to see a lot of effect on kids in the future like shove them outside be like come back when it's dark here's a coloring book when we're at dinner that's what i'm doing well even i've like watched some of these videos like just like a select few while i'm babysitting or you know with whoever and it's like not things that you necessarily want your kids to be watching like how they're captivating the attention of children Mm -hmm. is not good and you just have to think that like the intentions of these parents who are willingly putting their young children on the internet for millions upon millions of people probably don't have the best intentions for your child in heart um and it's just there's just no regulations surrounding it also that's become a really big issue and i know youtube has talked about this with like kids youtube it being such a big deal pedophilia is also a huge oh yeah because you know there's so many creepy grown men watching it because like whatever they're into that yeah and there's no regulation because like they can't like limit the age people no it's really it's a complicated situation i just think there's so much about exploiting your kids and people get so mad when celebrities have kids and they don't want to like show their face or hide them and like Mm -hmm. lively and ryan reynolds at that the kardashian thing was like she has a tiktok and like kim's on the bed and she's like wait what what are you doing oh yeah she's like turn that off right now <laughs> well because like they were asking northwest they're like northy give your mom's credit card show your mom's credit and like yeah. messing with her and it's, like obviously like she's like five or however the heck which, old she hey, is don't give your five-year-old an iphone well no yeah kidding. Well, it's well, just there's ridiculous. so many issues of like these kids having ipads and iphones real young and i get that kids have to be like entertained and like i had my own like versions of that device with like game boys or like the tv things whatever or tv but it wasn't but access also, to a search engine yeah but beyond yep. that like i didn't have access to those sorts of things on like unlimited i mean mm-hmm. i definitely had days when i was growing up where we played a lot of xbox and stuff mm-hmm. but for the most but, part my mom was like okay you get one more show then you're gonna go outside or we're gonna go yeah. do something or like i yeah. just wasn't like she was never a, oh here's this stop crying and park it somewhere For and sure. watch this video well, that, and like when that. we would watch tv shows there was only certain channels that we were allowed to watch oh, yeah, we got like it was Disney, like pbs Nick, or yeah. you know like it wasn't just like we were like surfing channels like looking for whatever what's the issue with the internet is like kids i mean i get that kids should be fulfilled with curiosity in a lot of ways but i don't think the internet should be what's giving them answers no. because obviously it can be very unfiltered and yeah especially something like youtube yeah. Where there's just an and endless just amount of anything, of you know. 
and yeah. YouTube does their best to, like, limit things. But, I mean, there's still some weird things that don't get caught by all the flags Exactly. Right oh, yeah, for sure. There's always ways around the regulations. And what's to say that even YouTube has the best intentions of what your kids can watch? And it's, it really pertains to what they deem appropriate. Well, that's the thing, too, is that people think that, like, Google and YouTube and any of the search engines and or social media platforms are... Like, like we have this idea in our head that it's not really curated. Like some things, you know, you, you follow an Instagram page, it's about, I don't know, cooking. And that's going to suggest yeah. things to you about cooking. Like we get that and we get that cookies plays a role. Or TikTok with your For You page. or yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So we're aware that that exists, but you don't really understand to what extent that exists. And that there are significant resources committed at all those companies to getting you to consume more. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they make their money. So like... If you're on Instagram, right, Instagram might be the one that's the easiest to scroll on. I mean, TikTok's mm-hmm. up there too, but just when you're just doing this and the next one, and then it's the next one, and then it's the next one. And it yeah. doesn't require you to even, like, look at it, hit a button or whatever. It's just designed to just keep flooding your mind sure. with the same stuff It just over has to hold your attention again. for a few seconds. Yeah, and that's all that needs to be. And so it creates that never-ending feedback loop. Like, that's mm-hmm. by design. Yeah. And that's why it's actually interesting in China, like the Chinese version of TikTok, they have very strict limits that the government forces TikTok to actually impose, especially for children. Mm-hmm. So if you're a kid watching TikTok in China, most of the videos are actually educational and they're actually like STEM related thing, science, technology, engineering, math. And then after like 15 or 20 minutes, it like makes you take a break. Like it makes you walk away from it and do something else. Because like TikTok will like warn you when you've been scrolling too long, but the, you know, the speed of which I scroll past that. Liv, video how being, long are you scrolling? I've never gotten that. You've never gotten no. those? Oh, like it'll be after like a half hour. I'll get them where it'll be like this guy will be like, "Whoa, <laughs> you've been scrolling Liv's for like, way too long." Like when I've been scrolling long. for maybe four take hours, a break, but you can scroll right past it. Yeah, so. maybe it's like something I have to turn on in my settings because I've probably definitely been be on TikTok for thirty minutes. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that there's. There is a documentary, and I want to say that it's called The Social Dilemma. Yep, it's on Netflix. Yeah, and I haven't seen it, but I want to. But I've heard many people talk about it, and it kind of touches on what I was just speaking The on. addiction. Yeah, where it's designed to be something that gets you addicted. Yeah, I mean, and, as anything, like cigarette companies, alcohol, yeah. you know, it's how they make their money. They need you to keep consuming the well, product. Think about it like when you're, when you're, I know that I'm, I definitely do this, but when you're sitting down and... Like you have a couple minutes of downtime on the now, toilet now, or yeah, well, it's on the <laughs> toilet, or like you just kind of get a breather, or you're at like your lunch break or something. You have five minutes to just uh, you can let your mind wander, you could write something, you could just breathe, exactly. you could look at the wall, you could do whatever. Your what phone's is, an excuse not to think. A thousand percent. You pull up your phone if you have whatever app set up. You hit you hit the button and you just start scrolling. You start mm-hmm. doing your thing, looking at looking at garbage, looking at stuff that doesn't matter, For doesn't sure. make any sense, right? But it's literally like an unconscious reflex because your brain has just done it enough and it gets those little tiny little hits of dopamine yeah. and without even thinking you're doing it most of the time. Absolutely. So I've literally just deleted, like I don't have any of the apps anymore. I force myself to go onto a search engine to like look it up which to actually pull it up and find and really it. Old which it is annoying, say, but it literally thing you do scroll on Facebook on your laptop and I do hate that. But that's the thing too is like mm-hmm. I have to actually go get my laptop, open it up and find it whereas yeah. my phone is obviously almost always in my pocket. No, absolutely. I have periods of time where like I notice that I just especially when I feel down, it's like I know like I'm spending too much time on my phone, I need to delete certain apps. Um, because I mean if you think about it like you sit down at the end of the day and if I had to tell you right now everything that I've looked at on my phone today I couldn't even tell you it's a bunch of nonsense oh, like for sure. where is the day that I find something where I'm like wow that really spoke to me that really like improved my life okay we're not gonna go well, there um, you know like and most of the time you're right it's just garbage that you're using to just like zone out and I think there's something about like especially when you lead like a stressful life whether it be like being a student or being in a college career I know like that's always my like go-to thing is like oh I'm gonna go scroll and so I can like I get out of class because I feel like my brain was overly engaged and yeah. I want to like completely disengage. Well, so why should I disengage my brain by like watching things? Like that makes no For sense. Sure. I should go do something healthier. It's just that idea of like decompression. It's like a default setting. Like, like I'll just like stop and scroll now. I'm alone. I have nothing to do. And I will say I'm very good about the me and Cole are very both good about this, but like we aren't on our phones like around each other. Like I make a big deal about that. Like if I'm yeah. with somebody else, I want to be present. And if I am on my phone while I'm around you, I you will pissed. yell at him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good thing. Which, yeah. which is fair. Like that's fair. And it's funny when like you have like I have friends like that who like be sitting on the couch with you and be just like watching their own TikTok videos, which a For annoying sure. that someone's oh, watching so a video annoying. that like you can't exactly, see and it's rude, hear. you know. And it's like oh, just be with me. Like you get all night whenever you could have better whatever your other downtime is. Like I think if you're with someone, I think that's where society is going to see a lot of downfall. 
downfall in personal yeah. relationships is because people can't look up. Absolutely. I know for me, like my my main times where I look at my phone is right when I wake up and when I'm going to bed. Like those are my mm-hmm. two main spots. During the day, definitely not as much. You're like a food phone person though. And I think you don't intentionally do it, but like you love your phone when you're eating. You're an iPad kid when you yeah. when you eat. You're That's like, fair. I need my yeah. like videos. You want a, like you want like a sports or like a or like a poker whatever video but you like to set up a video while you eat and it does drive me insane that's, that's fair okay. that, that's fair mm-hmm. but i one thing that i want to do is i want to get uh like an old school alarm clock and set it up next to my bed right here the one and, that dad had for 20 years but you know because i obviously like everybody else i set my alarms on my phone mm-hmm. but when i actually get up and i silence my alarm usually my brain pivots to i don't have to get out of bed for like 10 minutes so i'm gonna scroll yeah. that kind of thing and I think that if I left my phone elsewhere, even like in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and I just had a traditional alarm clock that was just literally just there to wake me up, I mm-hmm. think that I could get out of bed and not do. I will the say scrolling. my only concern with that is I do think the beauty of phones is that you can have constant communication because I would hate to know that I did that and like something happened in the middle of the night and someone trying yeah. to reach me and I couldn't be like got to. But my how often are you actually waking up? But wait, until I know what she's saying. Though. It's like the, the point of a phone is to have. It communication. is kind of the security blanket of like like God forbid say you went on like you had to go somewhere to go pick up like a allergy medicine whatever at like midnight and you got a horrific car accident i was sleeping someone tried to call me and i didn't know about it till i slept in took my time getting up in the morning and like so specific this was allergy medicine example. at midnight <laughs> like, for anything like say i put my phone on, i'm like oh, i'm just gonna have like me time like i'm very good at like putting my phone like upside down and away from me but like i would hate myself if i knew but that i missed time, like a call i mean throughout history of people having phones that were just phones i mean it has a ringer and if you wanted to you could just turn on your ringer in the other room mm-hmm. and so if your phone was ringing or it was like a ding 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 like a text like you would hear that or just yeah. putting it on the other side of the room where it's not like oh, within yeah. grasp oh, yeah, i'm big on that especially when i'm doing school work like whether i'm at like my desk or even sitting in bed doing work my phone is at the opposite edge because i will just scroll while i'm in class especially with online class completely yeah. zone out so i don't learn anything well what i've noticed is like i've definitely gone through periods of time where like sometimes you get like your screen report at the end of the week or something and you notice how much time you are spending Poor on your phone. 700 hours 700 hours or you just feel like I, I just feel like i'm kind of in a funk right now like i need to go off my phone and when you make that conscious choice just to whether it's like you're just eating a meal or waking up in the morning being like making a conscious choice to not be on your phone right then and you're just sitting in like that silence with yourself it's weird because you're so addicted to like having something to constantly stimulate you it's almost like you're like i don't know what to do right now like what do i do with my thoughts like it's it feels strange it feels so good like the times in my life where i've had a broken phone for a few days are like the best days of my because life. Because it kind mm-hmm. of like sucks for the first 20 minutes and then you realize all the things that you're, and I have been noticing myself, especially this past week, horrible. I will sit for just like hours and do whatever. Like I was home the other night, like last Thursday and I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch a movie or something. I didn't get up. Like the whole night, it was like, I think I got to like maybe like paint my toes, but I was just on paint my phone my the whole time. And I was yeah. like, wow, that was the biggest waste of time I've ever had in my entire Seriously. life. Seriously. But it's like you think of that idea, and, and I know that we always joke about it because Ellen DeGeneres has talked about it in her stand-up like years ago. It's like you work so hard throughout the week, whether it's at school, work, whatever, just to get to the point where you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just to get to that point where you can just decompress. Like that's the goal, you know. The goal and so it's like, you know, phones and things like that do kind of aid in that process of just turning your brain off. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's totally fair. But also, I do think that there's a lot of people that just lead miserable lives. Mm-hmm. I, You know, not to say that rest isn't important because it definitely is. But if you're consistently just like, I have to get through this week so I can get to the weekend so I can not do what I do every day, mm-hmm. you might need to change your life. Like, you, you might, might need to Absolutely. You might need to change your life. But if, if you think about it, like, no matter what it is or school, work, you don't have to hate it. But no part of you is probably waking up in the morning like, wow, there is just nothing I want more than this. Or you even think about it in terms of, like, you work your entire life to be able to financially support yourself when you retire so you can do whatever you want or mm-hmm. to do nothing. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. always that element of your life. Well, even though, like, newly retired people generally struggle with that because mm-hmm. you're used to having normally a pretty structured thing. A lot mm-hmm. of people just have the nine-to-five type situation. You wake up at a certain time, you have breakfast and your coffee, and you go to work, and then you work, and you have lunch, and then you work, and then you go home for dinner, and then maybe you watch a movie and you go to bed. And it's mm-hmm. like that on repeat forever, yeah. right? 
So when suddenly you don't have that anymore, and it's you, weird. it is super weird. Hobbies are a hard thing to pick up. They but not, really but not even necessarily just hobbies. It's it's your brain. People are weird. There's a part of you that wants to do nothing because maybe it's a primal thing. It's self-preservation. It's you want to just eat and sleep and survive that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But also try doing nothing for like four days and just eating and watching TV and doing whatever makes you happy for like yeah. four days. Day five, you're miserable. You, exactly. you need you need to do something oh, sure. challenging. You need to exert yourself. So it is about finding that balance. And I think that doing way too much of the exertion with no relaxation is bad. Yeah. But obviously the over relaxation with no exertion is terrible. Well, it's like the that last week of or like this like the second to last week of summer vibes when you were a kid when you're like <sighs> so I bored, hate school, but like I'm so ready to go back and do something. Yeah, Especially that's a good point. Kid, when you had like no actual freedom, mm-hmm. it was kind of like the if your parents were home or at work, yeah. you just were around. All that day. and when especially like if you didn't woods, have like before like phones and stuff, it was like Ugh. oh yeah, especially before like we yeah. didn't like maybe it was TV and maybe it was like us, which was great, but at some point it was like that you can only do so yeah. much and nothing, you know. Well, I think another point to the whole, like, um, phone and just addiction to whether it's, you know, YouTube, Instagram, social media, watching TV, just that idea of turning your brain off, typically it's because you're trying to escape things. And I think that when you get to that point where you notice that you're consciously, like, constantly trying to escape your real life and just zone out, it's important to really stop and think about like what am I trying to escape from? What is the true issues here? Oh, you know I what I mean? I myself that all the time. I run by timelines in my head, which is like a weird OCD thing I have where I'm like, okay, I have to get up at this time because it's going to take me this long to do this and I get this many minutes to do this, but well, then if I planning. do that... Yeah. But no, but it's like in an awful way of like if I get like in a rut with my phone, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to take a shower now and then I'll probably be out and like get all my like get ready for stuff by like 10 o'clock and then I'll be on my phone and I'll be like, okay, you can, you have to work on this for five more minutes and you can sit on your phone for 10 more minutes. It's like I'm yeah. constantly like timing out to for be sure. like, if Trying you can to make it to here, to you can go that on That or like when you lay at bed at night and you're like, if I fall asleep exactly at this minute, then I'll get this many hours oh, of sleep. I, I'm the worst The amount that. of calculations that happen in my brain a day. I it's because she's so smart. I'm just insane. No, it's yeah. not a smart thing. It's like, mm, I get seven more minutes of my phone then I have to leave for work if I think I want to go to the bathroom real quick or put my hair in a ponytail like it's insane absolutely it's nuts i do that with food i plan out i'm like all right if we eat super good these next two days we can go to texas roadhouse on wednesday and then i can eat the ribs and the chicken tenders and all the rolls and i can have a dr pepper it's all about discipline baby something that i heard the other day in a podcast that did really resonate with me it hit deep is that someone said like the key to happiness is to problem solve which is true. It's like oh, every day you wake up solving. and it's like you have a certain set of just things you need to accomplish or one could look at them as obstacles or problems. And it's like the only way that you're going to get over that feeling of like anxiety or stress or uncomfortableness is if you solve the problems that are causing you to feel that way. That's how I become the anti-procrastinator is I used to be such a procrastinator and then I realized yeah. how unhappy I was if I would like have something assigned and have four weeks to do it. And Absolutely. I would be constantly thinking about it every second of the day and being like, oh, I'll just do it later. But now I'm insane and I'll do things like the literal second even if it's inconvenient for me that I get assigned it because I know if I have to think about it for more than five minutes I'm going to explode on the wow I need that problem which I go through swings like that too because I think by nature I'm a procrastinating type person but I also have gone through those phases where the instant that you can do something you do it Mm -hmm. and I guess for a lack of a better word OCD where everything needs to be just so and everything needs to be done as soon as you have the opportunity to do it all the time. Yeah. And obviously that leads to a pretty productive lifestyle, much more productive than the procrastinating side. But that's also not healthy. Like you need no. to kind of find... Oh, yeah. I think, at least for my life, I'm at my happiest when I am the most balanced. Homeostasis. When you're at... Exactly. Science. Yeah. Exactly. And I know so when I'm not eating like garbage... But I'm not also eating like I'm a rabbit mm-hmm. when I'm not oversleeping, but I'm not getting like four hours of sleep a night. Like it goes on and on. Like when I'm working out a couple days a week, but not seven days a week killing myself. Yeah. Like you need to find those levels of balance. And I think that that's when I'm usually at my happiest. No, that is so true. That is so true. Balance. 
And the value that I've been learning lately, and I know that you might get this because you've been going to therapy too, but also I just enjoy listening to like people speak or anything about mental health, Tony Robbins in specific, even though absolutely he's horrifying and like I don't agree with like most of his stuff. He looks stuff. like Frankenstein. He looks like Frankenstein and he's always trying to sell like weird, weird like juices with to like balance out your pH, which, you know, I'm not really into that. But looking at... Taking a step back from your emotions, which we can so easily become consumed in in our everyday lives, and breaking down your thoughts and your feelings into logical places and trying to trace your steps back to where those uncomfortable feelings are coming from. And again, that idea of problem solving is so valuable to your life. Pulling out the root. Pulling out the root of the issue and not just sitting in that feeling of like, oh, everything's just terrible and I, I'm just sad, you know? It's like, me. no, that's not true, Liv. You are oh, no, so is. smart. But <laughs> like, she is the wallow in bed feelings. That but is her. same okay, to says, be fair, though, he, Cole has the opposite problem. Is I love Cole dearly. Zero empathy, zero sympathy. Something None. bad happens, and Cole, like you know, how sometimes you just want to like be like heard and be like wow i'm sorry that happened that does yeah cole's very the well here's like 10 solutions when like i already know the solutions to my problem but i want to be allowed to be sad about it for a second never forget move on in four seconds i know exactly what you're talking about literally never forget the day over the summer where i was crying and called cole and told him four objectively really bad things Mm -hmm. that anyone would agree oh yeah those are bad things and he literally goes so that is never cool. forget that moment. And I don't know if it's a woman thing or Cole might be a little bit crazy, but like, I mean, there's never the whole like, I'm sorry. He goes, well, what are we going to do to move past this? And I get that that is the logical and healthy thought process, but I also think it's healthy to process in your brain be like, I'm upset about this and I'm hurt. And now it goes like, as I'm always a problem solver, my first thought is like, the, okay, what do I do now? I know yeah. what I'm going to do now and I know how to fix it. I didn't ask how to fix it. I wanted to tell you so you can be sad with me. <laughs> Which is fair, and I think that that is, generally speaking, a communication, or what am I trying to say, a communicative, what what am I trying to say, like separation, gap. And you have been trying to become more empathetic. But just in general between men and women. So when men are confronted with a problem, generally speaking, the mind, it goes to how do we fix that problem. Not to say, not to say that women (laughs) don't have that thought, but I think that women more so have the desire to have people validate their being upset before getting to the let's fix the problem stage yeah so for me as a man even though like when she calls me and she's upset about something whether it's she's angry or she's sad or whatever like i don't want her to feel that way and i know that her us solving the problem makes her not feel that way Mm -hmm. faster so as opposed to simply sitting there and talking about it and being like, yep, you're so right, that person was mean to you. Yeah. Or, yep, you're so right, you should have gotten that. Or whatever it may be. Like, we can just skip that part mm-hmm. and we can get right to the good stuff. But at the same time, I do understand that there is something about the emotional state of, like, I'm pissed because this happened and I want you yeah. to be pissed with me. You need to validate I, I do, it. I do get that. Well, yeah. I think there is the women thing of we've been told that we're crazy and over-emotional forever. So when, like, guys yeah. immediately want to move past it, we feel like it's, like, the same thing of being, like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's an easy fix. Like, why mm-hmm. are you – it feels like the why are you even sad about this. That's what it feels like. Well, that like. is such, like, a normal issue that men and women run into within relationships because so often women will come to men with, like – this huge mountain of like and then this happened today and then this happened today and then this happened today and men become overwhelmed by that and think to themselves okay i'm going to give you solutions to the problem even though women don't want those solutions mm-hmm. but by solving the problems that's where men find their value so when those are rejected that men feel like idea. yeah when men feel like they're like rejected and not valuable so it becomes like this unbalanced thing where women just want someone to listen to them but men want to solve problems and again you're right it's just like the difference between how men and women problem solve yeah i would agree with that but also i just think that women notice so much more and care about so many minute details of their day yeah it's and because it's you know the hormones we're objectively we're nurturing not people. Even necessarily like that i just think that like women pay attention to and catch all of the subtleties mm-hmm. whereas men just don't care yeah like and therefore don't notice which is true because like i mean like someone will say something to me and as a woman like we're all very aware of like tone and like sarcasm Mm -hmm. and be like he'll think like that girl told me my hair was pretty and then in my house she'd be like yeah your hair looks nice i guess today and that's how i heard it i'm like wow that was rude and cool like what do you mean 
But also, like, if somebody is, like, slighting me, someone is being mm-hmm. whatever, my, just me as a person, I'm not like, eh. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. I guess you're probably having a bad day. Like, I'll just move on. It's okay. Well, I think that you have such an easygoing personality, which is wonderful 99% of the time. That's the thing is you're so relaxed. Yeah, exactly. Which is wonderful. But then there is that other percent of the time where it's like, I kind of want, want someone to be, to be able to, like, relate to and not just feel like everything is okay all the time because it is normal to sometimes have negative emotions. That is yeah. perfect wording for that because, like, sometimes I think it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think Cole just wants to slide on past that a lot, which is, again, healthy anger. Great, but I think there is something about like feeling your emotions able to process that. I can't name like a time where I've seen you emotional. Like in like the whole like I guess like two fights we've had, it's always been very like cut and dry, like, well this is what it is. Leave, Take it or leave it on. Never your forget end. the New Year's podcast. Ooh. Oh, that was oh. that was about the only time Cole's been one. emotional. He walked down the podcast. We've recapped this. That was my yeah. moment where I had that one that one fish from SpongeBob. The moment of finally, I've been trying to catch this guy all day. It was weird though. The thing is, you didn't even <laughs> handle it well because. Did you keep that podcast? Because that was the podcast of Jude. No, <laughs> we don't have that I podcast, Jude. I think it got cut out, Jude. I'm sorry. I hate you. I, yeah, I don't think it's up. But. but also, even with you finally showing emotion, there was still no emotion because you simply just got up, walked away, and we all wanted to be like, hey, it's very obvious something's wrong. You were like, no, I'm cool. You just needed to decompress. That is my big thing. I am somebody who I need my time alone. Yeah. I and and I, I get that too. I think that both of us objectively are pretty independent people. And I've run into that in relationships too where one, I need time alone. Like, I, I'll be with someone for a while, and then I'm like, okay, bye. And the bye, other person's like, but don't you just want to spend every waking second together? And I'm like, absolutely not. Or like, even in how... <laughs> Which even, is weird, because I yeah. am a very alone time independent person. But I don't know. I think that there's something about like finding the right relationship. Yeah. Where I can find my alone time with him in the same room as me. Exactly. Like, we're very good about like if like we're not speaking or like chilling, doing our own thing. I can feel like alone and decompressed with him there. Cole does not feel that with me. But also a lot of like we said, a lot of the ways that I decompress are like playing Xbox mm-hmm. or like just watching poker stuff on my phone. And for some of the times that can be something where obviously we're just in the same room chilling. Yeah. But usually my decompression, especially at like the end of the night, it's like I want to get sucked into it until I'm tired and ready to go to bed. For sure. And understandably so, she goes, well, I don't want you to do that for five hours. So yeah. just maybe do it in moderation. And my brain still struggles mm-hmm. to do things in moderation. I'm an obsessive kind of person. But, um, yeah. Well, I, I think what we're all probably dealing with as we get older and get into more serious relationships like you guys are right now, definitely not me because I'm single as a Pringle, but yeah, you, <laughs> you get to a place where you genuinely have to think about more than just yourself, mm. and you can't be selfish all the time, and you have to make sacrifices for other people, and that's an area of your life where you do have to consider other people's needs and, and that's something that I'm still working on. It's learning to coexist, and I do feel, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I took to that a lot quicker than Cole has yeah. especially and I do think that part of Which it has is been is because I've had my independence of like moving out moving away from my family where I think that like I'm out of my like childhood mm-hmm. brain phase and obviously like you're still here love your family to hands at times but you've never been pushed past your comfort zone until and I've been pushed past mm-hmm. that so then I was able to go into a serious relationship this is your first push past your comfort zone I think you're struggling yeah no absolutely yeah I think, that's I think that you guys are I love that this is couple therapy by couple the way therapy. but um the name of this podcast couples therapy with living Cole I think that you guys are wonderful for one another and you guys like what I've always said about relationships obviously despite some major flaws such as like cheating or abuse if at the end of the day if you have two individuals who want to make a relationship work and are dedicated to that you can make it work absolutely it's all about yeah. effort it's all about showing absolutely up. and i think that you guys the strongest point is that you both are so committed to the relationship and love one another and want things to work um and then of course you guys get along wonderfully and you're similar in temperament and also you solve conflict in a great way so i think that you guys have a wonderful foundation and even if you have some little kinks such as cole's poker addiction but the thing is is though it's like we do actually never like never is a strong word but like in the year together we've had like two fights that i can actually recall Mm -hmm. and like 
from my friend. One of them I didn't even view as a fight, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I did. Well, <laughs> solving conflict, which obviously conflict is all of life, and especially when you're with someone, it's inevitable. Um, and so you have to figure out how to go about that. And oh, it's exactly. a skill that needs to be practiced. So like the tiny ones get dealt with every day or they get moved past on as uh-huh. like we both are mature enough to think it's silly. Because I do think a lot of relationships are maturity where I hear mm-hmm. about like my friends fights with her boyfriends. I'm like, why are you even bothering having that be an issue? Yeah. And like from someone who gets upset about like everything, like a lot of the things I don't even bring up in the first place or doesn't mm-hmm. even get past like the speaking stage. Because like in my head, I'm like, I'm upset and I know this is stupid. So I'll leave this to me. Yeah, and for sure. You pick and choose your battles. Person. Oh, yeah. And people love to pick battles. And I they hate do. that. I am the least confrontational human being Absolutely. on the face of the planet. And it helps. I'm also not a confrontational person either, which I think almost seems counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Because, like, arguing, I really don't like arguing. No. Nope. Who does? Like, it's really not my thing. Well, I mean, some, some people, people do. Some people yeah. really people enjoy a good argument, a good fight. They love that stuff. Um, and I guess maybe Johnny Depp's wife. Yep. Amber Heard. Amber Heard. But, and I think that it's kind of about picking and choosing, you know, I have hills that I'll die on and I'll argue about for mm-hmm. sure, but I don't like the social discomfort that comes with arguing with somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's because like, it's just most of the time it's a boundary or a line that it doesn't need to be crossed because there's so many better ways to deal with conflict than yelling at someone you love. Oh, absolutely. Thing is, I've never understood the couples who can do the whole like, oh, well, he called me this horrible word. I'm oh, like, yeah. I would rather die than have someone who supposedly cares about mm-hmm. me call me some like horrible name or like insinuate something For bad sure. about me. It's like, oh, do you really care that much if you're willing to say those yeah. things? Yeah. Well, something that I've always loved so much about you guys' relationship in specific, and it's been a big lesson to me that it's something that I want in a future relationship, is that you guys have such a mutual respect for one another, Come which I think that is something me. that goes <laughs> such a long way. Like, you, you know, just that. For yourself, if you have mutual respect, though. Jude, no one can hear you, but I, I, I know that you're, you're coming from a good place. But just having that, like, that level of, like, I'm not going to call you terrible names. I'm going to respect you as a human being. Like, that kind of stuff goes so far. Well, the thing is, like, the two, like, quote, fights we've had, no one was yelling. No, no one was saying, like, oh, I hate you and I'm pissed and you're being awful right now. It was very much like a, well, this is how I feel. Well, this is how I feel. Welp. All right. Like, it's been more of the, like, yeah. harder to, like, fix issues. But they've never been a, I'm mad at you because you're being this way and I'm going to call you this. It's always Absolutely. like, a, this is just like, oh, this is my side and this is your side. But, like, no one was ever mean to each other about it. Well, something that I've learned in relationships because I ran into this so often was the importance of having conversations about conflict before and after they occur. Oh, because yeah. Because if you don't know how the person that you were with deals with conflict like me for example i was i am always the person especially in relationships when something happens and i get upset i need a minute i am not the person that can immediately deal with something right then like i need to take a walk i need to breathe and i have the tendency exactly and some people are not that way like i have a tendency to like shut down like i need a minute and so when if you don't express that to someone before you run into conflict, that other person is just going to think like, oh, great, they hate me. They never want to talk to me again. You know what I mean? I think that is something to know because like say Corey did to me where we would be starting a fight and he just like was like, I'm going to go take a walk. I couldn't do that. Yeah. I would go and say because I also would think of all the worst things like, oh, it's done. It's over. It's whatever. Well, And I will say, too. So going back to the New Year's Eve thing when I just mm-hmm. bounced, that is kind of how I deal with it. But it is it's my logical it's my logical self and my emotional self kind of battling, right? Yeah. So I know when that, as we all do, like when you're angry mm-hmm. or when you're frustrated or sad or like the initial response that you're going to give probably isn't going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to try to reason with someone or have a discussion when they're pissed because like you're not getting anywhere. It's just they're just upset. What I'm hearing is that you're Johnny Depp and Liv is Amber Heard. Yes, yes. No, so like when, the wrong. So no. when me and my old leathery pirate friends want to play guitars in our house and she doesn't want to sit around because she thinks it's boring, like she sometimes needs to take a when walk. When Liv starts physically assaulting you. <laughs> yes. yes, but like in all seriousness, I am kind of the walk away person in those emotional situations because like I would much rather have a second to breathe and gather myself mm-hmm. before I kind of go and make that initial, I don't know, cut into the conflict. Yeah. I think that's better because especially when you're arguing with women who 
take everything. So excited for the end of the sentence. Who remember everything. Yeah. Who, generally speaking, in emotional conversations, try, I don't think even try is the right word, subconsciously interpret every sentence that comes out of men's mouth mm-hmm. as being the worst thing that it could be. Well, women are and, constantly testing, like, are you going to stay? Are you going to yes. be here? You and know, you know they what? want that comfort. And that's what it is. Like, women want to feel like you were being fought for, not yes. fought against. Like, I want you, like, even right. in an argument to be like, we're okay, it's going to be okay because I'm willing to fight for you. Yeah. Because I think that's why women but can push back a little bit because they want to see if they're but... still going to stick around. Be like, oh, I could say this. Like, are they going to be like, oh, it's still okay, I love you. Like, pe- women want to test you. Absolutely. Yeah. They need that reassurance. But I know what you're saying. I think that sometimes when you're in that heated moment, there is, it's like you don't even want to risk getting to that place where you're going to say something that you can't take back or, you you know, like just making it a bigger issue than it needs to be. Okay. Um, but if you're someone like Liv who like immediately like, I need to solve this right now. Like this is a thing. Again, it's, it's just compromise it right and sacrifice. Now. It's to be in the emotions right now. That's what it is. Yeah. No, but like, okay, if it's like a mm-hmm. me thing, I want to be in the emotions. But if it's like an us thing, I want to solve it right away. And I think that's where like our two like arguments came from is that I couldn't find a solution right away. Because usually the other yeah. thing is like, oh, we'll just do this and then it's no big deal and nobody's upset. What was your first fight? I can't even think. Was it New Year's? It was about a girl. <gasps> oh! It was, right. I, you know what? Actually, it happened the first time we went up to the lake house. Well, no freaking way. There was tea. I didn't even know what was oh, going on. Oh, I thought on. we were going to break up that <gasps> And I had to act like everything was which fine was in front so, of you guys. Which was so... Anyway. Guys, wait. I anyway, typically... This is a podcast, so you'll get that tea later. Well, I feel like okay, there okay, was now. after... I'm Should to, this go had, on the internet? <laughs> we had our most recent thing, but I felt like there was a third. What was the third thing? It was the New Year's. Thing. I don't think there the was New a Year's thing. I guess the I New know, Year's which thing was small. I didn't consider yeah. that a fight. Yeah. I just thought you were yeah. being weird. But you I just like, hated yeah. us all. It's yeah, okay. I didn't yeah. consider that a fight because nothing was said that was like, "Oh, I'm mad at you for this specific thing." I don't consider. I consider that you being weird. I never considered that a fight. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So we're going to wrap up this podcast so I can get the tea. No. Um, <laughs> overall, yes. I think that like the the principle of conflict, especially when you're in a relationship, is that you need to learn how to do it. It's a skill and you need to make sacrifices. So like if, you know, you need a minute, but Liv wants to solve it right away, you give and you take and you make it work. But who you're going to be a couple therapist. Both. Cool. Both give and take? Both. We no, flip a coin? Cotton. You make it work for me because we want to feel thought for it. That's what it is. Yeah, that's happy a really work, big life. thing. Look, it, Tony Robbins, spouse, as potentially sexist house. as he may be, <laughs> always goes back to that principle of women want to be fought for, and women are constantly testing their men to see if they will and stay. And Cole will not fight for. Cole loves me, and I know Cole doesn't want to lose me, but Cole will not fight for me. I'll tell you that. If I was, to is decide- this going to be the third fight right now? <laughs> Cold live break up on air. Everyone should. There's so many cameras for Cole's face. I wish that our listeners could see Cole's face right now. It's just funny to do this to him sometimes. It is. See, but when you say do this, you actually mean what you just said. Absolutely. I know you do. I know you do. But I also know that there's no reason you have to fight for me. You're having better luck in love than me this year, and I think that we're going to consider that a win for all. Self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. Shout out to all the MSU finance men. Suck a butt. I could cut off both of my arms to show Liv how much I love her, and she would be like, the next day would go, are you sure you don't hate me? And fight number three is coming. Liv, literally from my own soul, I know with everything inside of me that you guys were like literally soulmates, and you're going to be together. And so, and so, I've never felt more happier and healthier. But but, what I was trying to express to Cole, like a few times, is like, I understand Liv's feeling of like, I this is so good and I don't want it to be gone because we both have experienced such crappy relationships that that fear of like this could end any day is probably very real. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. What's the hard thing about when you go into a relationship? And obviously, like, it's scarier both. At super early and super like in the relationship is like you're either gonna get married or break up that's a weird thing to think it about is, like it's either like flames or great like there's no yeah it just it is what it is but y'all are end game y'all are like mm. i almost said brad and angelina you're that's not like that example. don't get with the nanny cole but you guys are like we did just watch uh mr and mrs smith we did that was a good time we did watch mr. Smith. i'm trying to think of a couple i almost said kim and kanye that didn't that's that didn't really that work either worse. um Stallone you guys are like um, 
Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. There you go. That's a that's good a one. nice that's one. A good comparison. That's a nice yeah. one. That yep. worked out well. It did. And if we do break up, that I'm gonna haunt you guys' podcast forever. So <laughs> she's gonna be a troll. No, I, I, but I, you guys will have all the episodes. This podcast won't exist anymore. Oh. I'll be leaving, and I will never this speak to Cole again. This podcast has kind of been a timeline of our relationship, because when we started dating, you guys only had, I think, like, maybe six episodes. And they were not the vibe. And We I, hadn't figured out the vibe I yet. I loved them. I felt judged in so many of them, and that, obviously you guys didn't know me yet, but then, yeah, there's this podcast is like a chronicle of our relationship and all it's the weird things we've done. I love it. Like sometimes when I'm bored at work, like I'll listen back to like an episode from like even a year ago and I it's like seriously, it's wild to, to like remember all the little things that you totally forgot about that were going on in your life and see how much you've changed. This and podcast is a diary, dude. It's it a is journal. a sad diary. It's getting deep. Too much poop though. Too much poop. I'm it's sorry, a Grandma Chris. It's part of my life, so we're going to keep talking about it's it. It's a but significant anyway. part of all of our lives. Yeah. Okay. That This is what's going to wrap the podcast. This is what's cool. I don't want to hear the story again. Listen, everyone needs to partake <laughs> in what happened. Is this the capital poop story that I've This heard is the yet? capital poop story. Okay. Okay. That might be what this podcast I is. We also, were just finally make it. Literally, a little note for the diary. I had the stomach flu and it was a bad situation. Just a note for Almost the diary. Died for like three days. Anyway. Yep. Now it's your turn. Anyway, so at the Capitol a week or two ago, um, and. It's basically just me in the building because they're on breaks. So there's not a whole lot of people in there. <laughs> me and Liv are both on our phones. I'm up in our office. <laughs> my grade got updated. I'm up Sorry. in our office. I've got all my work done, so I'm kind of just scrolling through the gram, right? Just mindlessly doing the scroll, doing the thing that you're not supposed to do. And I come across a gram video that catches my eye and is very intriguing. Did you just say a gram video? It, uh, you Instagram. are 89 years old. Oh Go gosh. on. Instagram. Yep. IG. Whatever the cool kids call it, that right so i am caught up in this video and i'm interested now as i begin this video i've definitely got the rumblies and the garglies right things are moving because i had recently had lunch now i at that moment was at the place where i can hold it maybe about 90 seconds into said instagram video i'm like man i really should get up and go to the bathroom that's on the other side of the wall from my desk right there right but i go I don't want to get up because then I'm going to have to rewatch the 90 seconds that I just watched. So I'll ride it out. Shortly after that, maybe give it 20 seconds, I get that pump fake that your body does to you when you're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be happening soon, whether or not you want it to happen. This boomer doesn't know how to pause an Instagram video. Listen, I don't know if it's a thing that you can do. You can. Why? Just let me you have just it. Just tap the screen. Why In wouldn't my... it be a thing? Huh? I don't know, okay? At least on my laptop, because you know it's not on my phone, maybe it's different. That follow whole up sentence question. upgraded you to not 87, but 98 years old. You, oh. why, and this is a serious question, there's no one in the building, no one's going to judge you, why couldn't you have walked to the bathroom while, while looking watching. down and watching yeah. the video? You can't multitask? On my laptop? Oh, exactly. all right. You went on exactly. Instagram on your laptop? Also, yes. booming. <sighs> Also booming. I hear anyway. you could do. I knew you could do Facebook. You're not Instagram. <laughs> anyway, so by so I ride it out. I finish the video. Now I'm doing the standing hands on the desk, gently rocking back and forth to compose myself. You were myself. that much glued to this video. No, no, no. Because I'm that much composed, and by this point, I'm like, listen, we're just gonna finish the job. I'm gonna get through it. In hindsight, I can't even remember what it was, but I'm glad that I watched it. So. Video ends, immediately pivot, walk around my desk to the hallway Light to down. take an immediate right because the bathroom's right there. As I'm walking to the bathroom door, I'm undoing my jeans because it needs to happen, right? Uh -huh. As I get to the bathroom door, I think to myself, man, it would suck if someone was in here. I open the door. In the men's bathroom on this floor, there's two urinals and one stall, one toilet, right? The door to the stall is opened up. There's a sport coat hanging on it, and there's an old gentleman with his pants undone, shirt untucked, washing his hands. He gives me the old looking over at me and says, hey, how's it going? And I have my own pants undone, and I go, oh, you know, how, this, blah, living the dream, whatever white person, insert generic white guy comment. I say right? living the dream way too much. For She's Rob Miller. Yes. So, obviously, I can't be like, hey, can you get your sport coat off this door because I'm at DEFCON 1. So, I just pivot over to the urinal and do the whole, I don't have to blow this thing up. I'm just taking a pee 
for like what felt like nine years. Now again, I was already the Vikings, the barbarians were at the gate okay, as I got but in. But also, right? is it not the most obvious thing ever, especially in a men's room when the urinals are like an open situation that you're just standing there and not actually and there's I think no that noise. this old man was messing with him. And there's no oh. noise? Yeah. When so I'm there's that no old, noise. I will be doing but I'm yeah. trying to be a polite patron. Now he took I don't know how long. There you go, Jude. You're not took, as polite as me. He took I don't know how long to get out of there. And I did the sprint and like yeah. the pivot onto the toilet at the last possible second. And had that not happened, I would have pooped my pants at work. I want that to happen just now, so I can show up with fresh pants for him. Listen to me. How do you recover from diarrhea at work? A shower and a washing machine. Hey. There's no showers in the Capitol building of the state of Michigan. Well, you probably would be pooping in them and eating them. I think that you'd have to, like, barricade the door and, like, wash whatever you could in the sink and just go from there. If you guys were at a formal, like, let's say you're at work and you're business casual, you got, like, some dress pants on or something like that, and you poop your pants... Mm -hmm. You just can't work there anymore. No, no. The thing is, I ju- I think that like like poop can be relatively contained, and if you can like get honey, to a bathroom honey. and get what you can out, and then just be like, I just threw up really hey. bad. No one's gonna be like, you have to. You just go. You just leave. Listen to me. It's expired chocolate milk. That's what came out. It's um, clumpy. And well, real I know exactly dark. what Liv is saying because when I was a kid, I was at Michigan Adventure one day and I had to poop and I was running around and I couldn't find a bathroom and I pooped in my bathing suit. <laughs> what did I do when I got into said bathroom? <laughs> Took it off, flung it in the toilet, went back to the water. Liv's face right now literally is horrified. Went back to swimming. Wait, I didn't wait, have any other options. I have options. a question. Did you like wash it out in the toilet and nope. put it back on? <laughs> <laughs> no, she did not. You're getting back in the water. Oh, wait, no, okay, no, 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 I no. have a tough question. You said take it off and throw it in the toilet. Are you referring to your bathing suit? No. Or the poop? The poop. Oh, no, 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 no. That's right. Oh. I took off my bathing suit. <laughs> okay. and you threw the whole thing, all no. of it. Guys, you're confused. I took off my bathing suit with the poop, and then I just... <laughs> okay. Oh, so but the, That's your bathing suit itself yeah. did not go no, in the No, 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 no. no, 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 no. See, I was in <laughs> and it was, you were using the toilet no. water to wash. And it was a pretty solid piece of work, so there wasn't that much like, <laughs> okay, residue. See, but like, that's what you do. Is you, and I think that it's like women have experienced that with like, periods. Like, you yes. have disasters, and you do what you can to sop up you the mess. You make it work. And then you make yourself look presentable. And if it's that bad, you just go home. You get back in that. And like women have had it where it's that bad. We're like, oh, there's no recovering. People can probably see the band-aids and the bugs. Exactly. And people can probably see you. And you just like do your best to cover whatever can be seen. And you politely make whatever excuse you have to that's acceptable. And you leave. I was wearing a 4th of July old Navy bathing suit, one piece. So that was probably the most American thing that I've ever done. Ever. Ever. Is there anything more American than plopping your, your poop your into an suit, amusement park going bathroom? Going into an amusement park bathroom, flinging it into the toilet, and then going on about your day? No, that's the most. You know American what's even worse is that I don't think I ever even like told mom or dad about it. I think I was too embarrassed. Well, the thing is, no, especially but if, like, you I don't think need if you to though. It would be just like a funny story at that point. It's not like, yeah, but like when you're like it? seven or something, that's, like, that's embarrassing. Cool. Like you're too old for that. Hey, like you're like when I'm you're 24, that's embarrassing. I guess, but it's less embarrassing when you're 24 relooking looking back at when you were seven and then it's just like yeah. ah i was just a kid all right jude has to oh great and even more baller move than that is to drop it off when you're going down a water slide <laughs> i i definitely didn't do that <laughs> pick it out fling it out but then they got to shut down the water park so <laughs> which them, or just pick it up with a swim diaper and shove it in the diaper bag yeah that's who that's jackson who. at east lansing Deep aquatic references. center <laughs> Y'all, yeah, thank at, you at so much for listening. That one. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. To the 60th episode of Side of Slaw. We've got 40 more episodes coming your way this year. We thank you for listening. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple Music, and what's the other one? Google Play. Google Play. Share us around. Leave us a review. We appreciate all of you. We You're do. wonderful people. And we appreciate Liv being great. here today. I'll be here next week also providing couples therapy. I'll couples be here. Therapy. Probably at least a solid percentage of the rest of the podcast because I'm here more than my own apartment now. Yeah. So. Liv's basically just moving in. Bless up. Peace.